Yes, sir. Uh-huh, for no damn reason. Let's go. Hibernating all winter. Lost some friends, only hanging with winners. Cutting my ends, I'm rescuing sinners. You rolling with workers, I think when they finish. You because I praise the beginner. I've been through the valley of death. Should be in the grave, but I got saved. Wait till my album, I'll go more in death. Back on my bully, what did you expect? Grip on the mic and I come for your neck. You go to a job and you work for a check. I'm chasing my dreams and my goals getting checked. Stop selling dope, but I want all the smoke. With any MC, you think he the goat? Hop in the booth, rap till nothing left. And I'm out of breath, and I'm out of. All on my own, back in my place and I'm back in my zone Things that I'm chasing, I'm trying to get on Living my purpose, so he called me home Been through the valley, was saved from death Since that it up, but he paid the debt Yeah, he paid the debt Yeah, he paid the debt All on my own, back in my basement, I'm back in my zone Yes, sir, yes, sir Yes, sir, man Welcome to For No Damn Reason I am your host with the most stunning man, the man Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we came to set it off today. We came to set it off, man. I have two amazing gentlemen here with me just to come give y'all some game, talk about their experiences, talk about life, talk about whatever it is that comes to mind, man. This first gentleman that I have here with me, man, we've worked so many times together. <laughs> A lot. A lot A of lot. times together, man. Everywhere. We've done shows. We've done fucking... You know, recording session after recording session. The club. The club. We've, we've done it all, man. We've done it all, man. And this man is a man of many talents, man. Honestly, on the way to, on, on, on his way to superstardom, if you ask me personally. You know what I mean? Again, I've, I've seen him work ambis- ambitiously towards his craft. And, um, and he's a nigga with style and grace. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me introduce y'all to Young Prophet, man. What up, what up? CT in the building. What up, what up? Yes, sir, yes, I feel like sir. a little flunk, funk flex right now. <laughs> I'm setting the tone, man. I'm setting Appreciate the tone, that. man. That. You know? You got to set the tone for niggas, man. Let them know who they fucking with, man. But, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. No problem, Thank you, man. No this problem. Is, this is the... You know, the second of many, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yes, sir. to have you be a part of it is dope, man. So appreciate I appreciate that. you coming I love up. supporting this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. And um, and our second guest. <laughs> Drop a bomb for this nigga, man. Shit. God damn it. This man, multifaceted, man. This nigga, man, what do you need, man? You need an engineer? Uh-huh. You need a producer? Uh-huh. Man, you need some fresh gear? <laughs> Come on, man. This nigga does it all, man. You need a manager? Come on. Shit, man. This man, man, anything you need to get done, he can get it done for you, man. You know what I mean? From producing to engineering to managing artists, man. This guy has done it all. You know what I'm saying? And I would like to introduce y'all to Jimmy B. Yeah. For no damn reason podcast. What up, y'all? Yes. What up? Son of man, what it do? What's good, man? What's good, man? How we doing? How we feeling? I'm good, man. Shout out to the whole Boston, you know. It's hometown. Shout out to Dead City. Feeling great, man. Smooth Sunday. Yes, sir. Self-care Sunday, they call me. Self-care Sunday, man. Hell yeah. And it, honestly, if I was a little bit more prepared, I would have had Moses in here and we would have been getting turned. <laughs> right. 
But you know, a nigga a little ill prepared, but that's all right. That's all right. We'll save it for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, it's smooth, smooth, man. I definitely try to pull up sometime in the future, at least to support somewhere on the couch if I ain't a guest. Yeah, damn right. Damn yeah. right, man. Damn right. But hey, we will settle for the for the Zoom calls and the phone conversation, man. It's all good. It's all love, man. Thanks. You know right. what I'm saying? But uh, once again, I appreciate y'all fellas coming on here, man. Um, seeing how this is the second episode, you know, I like to kind of set the tone and kind of let, again, once again, re- reiterate once again what the podcast is about. And um, and basically what it is about is just basically connecting the dots, bringing people together, um, and just having organic conversation, talking about whatever it is is going on in the world as far as like hot takes and pop culture and things like that, you know what I mean? And um, and just seeing what manifests from it. I like seeing what 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 comes together when I bring two people together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just seeing what manifests out of it, you know what I'm saying? And um, I just like seeing that happen organically. But um, but before we get into that, I kind of just want to know, I mean, obviously I know both of you gentlemen for a very long time, but, you know, the fans want to know, who the fuck are these niggas? <laughs> Why the fuck am I listening to any of these niggas, man? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, either one of y'all can answer first. Don't really matter. But I'd kind of like to know from either one of y'all, how'd y'all even really get into the game? What made y'all want to even start doing music? You know what I mean? What has ins- what inspired y'all to like really start doing what y'all are doing right now? You know what I'm saying? Or, uh, I say... Uh... I kind of like a little dramatic little story, but my background on music is I grew up in a church and uh, I was sneaking watching 50 Cent videos. That's when I started first <laughs> falling in love with hip hop. My dad was so mad at me. And then fast forward to college, um, I just went through a real dark period. Um, I always played hockey, but I was like, damn, like, I, don't, I need to find like my purpose. Oh, you, like you was a nigga playing hockey. Huh? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was nice, too. I was nice. Because, you know, I took all the hatred and anger out on them. But I needed, like, I needed Re- something that Re- was mine. Reparations, nigga. <laughs> Every goal was reparations, nigga. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And then fast forward to college. Um, Yeah, I was just trying to find myself. And I felt, I don't know. I just knew something else was out there for me. Right. And, uh, you know, I just felt the drive to start making music. And uh, once I started recording at school, it was over. I fell in love with it. Oh, so you started recording at school? Yeah, I was 21. Oh, shit. Oh, when well, you was in college. In yeah, college yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, when I first no, started no. rapping, yep. No, so what happened? Somebody had the equipment? I was fortunate to go to a school that had a dope music program. They had like three or four studios in the music building that were like top notch. Oh, like, shit. Top notch. Where did you go to school? Uh, University of New Haven. New Haven? Oh, okay. Yeah, no Connecticut. Doubt. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even know they had it like that. Yeah. We got a lot of, not stars, but a lot of big musicians that came out of there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like who? Um, There's this dude, Niles, that was actually in my class. We mm-hmm. took a hip-hop history class. Before we started rapping, we took a class like that. And then we started rapping the next semester. Uh, Niles shit is blowing up. I mean, I don't want to say like huge, like around the world big, but like yeah. some pretty big musicians there. Like oh, uh, Nico Brim used to go there. He's related to Diddy somehow, but he's nice too, Nico Brim. Oh, shit. All right, damn. New Haven got a popping like that. Okay. Yeah. Shit. I was partying at the wrong school, nigga. I was going to fucking <laughs> UNH and fucking Keene and nah, shit. Nah, I heard like that. that. I heard it was lit up here. That's what I heard. Uh, I mean, it has its moments. Yeah. I had it moments. Yeah. You know, honestly, UNH was definitely lit. I'm not going to lie. Shout out UNH. Hey, UNH. You got home field up here being a brother, man. Up here is different. <laughs> I, love it. I love it up here. They love us up here, man. 
We love some some chocolate brothers, right? What? Like they never seen one. Like, what? <laughs> For real. real shit, real shit. And Jimmy B, my nigga, yeah. tell me about your story, man. Like, how'd you, to be quite buck, keep it a buck with you, bro? Like, you know what I mean? You fam and everything, but honestly, I really never actually truly knew, like, what your story was to keep it a buck and what your, like, I guess claim to fame was you still on the road to fame, but like what it what was like the beginning process for you? You know what I'm saying? Like well, where did it all start from? Where did all the inspiration stem from? Running around back in the day as a kid, around all the older cousins and that, getting bits and pieces of what they listening to, the environment, being the environment, being in the projects. It was just like real organic, and you know my pops, he always had a stereo setup in the living room with like two side speakers, four channel mixer. And I didn't realize till older that that was like subconsciously showing me signal flow. So, you know, extend from that, the hip hop experience, my pen came out to play due to all the young experience. Finally found somebody with a home studio in like early high school, started doing the local town shows and just was super indulgent to the culture. From there, you know, you listen in the albums, you like certain beats, you start opening up the CD books, seeing who made what, what was recorded where, and you just like stumbling onto that information. I guess the bookworm in me just kept reading and kept going down that rabbit hole over time. Wow. In short, Word. From there, you know, I wrapped the ball around this to a point where we could skip, and that's where, you know, college came in. Ended up going to school in Boston for an audio program that doubled as an entertainment management program. And yeah, I just operating in my light, kind of found a soul tribe there, met a couple producers that were playing around with Fruity Loops and things like that at that time. Fruity Loops. Still know, don't know how to use that I'm shit. Still on Fruity Loops. I love it. <laughs> still don't know how to use Fruity Loops. <laughs> we stuck together, man. And I mean, still shopping still. Over time, you know, they beats got better. My pen got sharper. And trying to get my way into the building, everybody knows the front door is hard to get into. So I kind of try to take over the building. Started engineering since I was in school for it and wrapping the ball around the beat situations with my homies who were making good beats. So let me ask you this. So you, you've been a part of both sides of the coin, you know what I mean? And Prophet, you you on one side of the coin as just an artist. Yeah. But how does how does one I guess one how does one make that transition from being an artist then being an engineer and then how is are the processes the same or are they different? Because you said going, you you chose to take the back door, and be the, be the man behind the board and shit like that. So, do you think that process is easier? Do you think it's harder? Like, is it somewhat kind of the same? Because you still kind of have to do the same type of legwork. Or I wouldn't say it was really easier because of a couple of things. But to stick to your question, the engineering. I mean, it's a lot of trial and error over the time of 10,000 hours. They always say it takes 10,000 hours at the least to master a class. 
I mean, a craft and at accelerated pace, that's at least three, four years. Mm. Okay. But that's a master of craft. You don't have to be a master to be a player in the game. Oh, yeah. But to answer your question, it, it's not easier for sure because, I mean, it all depends where you're trying to go with it. If you're just trying to learn a program and engineer and find some people to record, I mean, that's not really going to take that long to do. But if you're like, okay, I want to learn these programs, I want my mixes to be radio quality and compete with other engineers that are recording songs that are at a higher visibility, Yeah, that's a similar journey. Especially if you want to position yourself to actually record some of these higher visibility artists. Right, right. From the outside looking in, I thought, honestly, easier as, a, as an engineer and producer. Because like you said, you went to school for it. You put in your hours, you know what I mean? You, you interned, you know, you did the whole nine yards. And then it's just a matter of just working your ass off and just proving to somebody that, you know, you know what you're doing behind the board. Whereas compared to like an artist, you know what I mean, like Profit, where you really got to like show your pen game you know what i mean like well i I could kind of speak to that because i don't know if i told you but i like as since like last year or two years ago i started engineering all my tracks okay like when we went to brady after i seen brady and then i went to another engineer i was like nah i'm gonna do this like i looked at brady i'll do this so i started engineering my own tracks um it probably took me like three like this is probably the first year where i could say my shit sounds super professional Oh, sure, okay. But um, I see what he's saying, though, because although I engineer my own tracks, mm. it's my voice. And it's like, I've done your track like once or twice. Yeah, yeah. But it's so easy to, to engineer my own voice. But being an engineer itself, and then you're bringing in other artists, that's yeah. like, that's daunting. It's yeah. like, because... First of all, like first of all, there's different types of talents. Like you see, when we go to Brady, yeah. some people need longer than others. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to the game. I mean, he can speak on it better than me, but I can only imagine like being an engineer for other artists is a whole different like ball game. Even like like you said, when we was going to Brady, like the the chemistry that me and Brady had, it was pretty. I, I would say it was pretty easy because I would go in there, he'd be like, "All right, you up." I would go in there and I one I would either have my bars ready to go yep, yep. <laughs> or or if I had to come up with some shit on the fly it only took me like maybe 5 10 minutes yep, and then yeah. I got into the booth and it would take me like maybe one or two takes and then after that second or third take I'd be like all right I got it you know what I mean and yeah. then he would go in there and like do his thing and he'd be like oh this shit sounds fire you yeah. know what I'm saying and for him I don't know what it really was he just didn't really have to do much with my voice or whatever well, cuz we didn't sing either yeah that's which true which was and we me and you were always came with a verse and mm. so I think that was just a little, it's just, that's nothing to him, yep. for him. And we yeah, we were both always prepared, so I think it was a little easier for him. But, yeah. I definitely want to um, link with him after the show, though, like give him my socials and stuff, because I want to have him hear my music and stuff. I oh, didn't know yeah. he was an engineer and all that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We yeah. all going to link up, and we all going to like sure. share information after this, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and honestly, that's why I got the whole thing set up, you know what I mean? Even for like the fans listening, you know what I mean? Uh, I set up a Discord server so that way if you go into the Discord, you know, you make the free account, whatever, and then you go in there, you log into my Discord server, and then you see, like, all the information pertaining to, like, 
the people that are on the episode oh, word. featured cool, music word. you know what I'm saying like yeah. you know after this episode all your shit will be on there all your info will be on word. there okay, and people word. can go to your IG they can go to your Spotify page check that's out all dope. your shit you know what I mean and that's what I mean like again like I said the whole premise for you know not to go back to the to the beginning but again like i said the whole premise of this podcast is to get like i said to connect the dots so whether it's you just meeting jim or you know what i mean somebody just hearing the podcast in general they're gonna yeah. be like oh damn this was a good episode next thing you know you got a nigga in your dm talking about yo let's do a feature yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying so like that's that's really what i i want to i want to grab from it but um but yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, and that's crazy. I didn't know you was you started really engineering. That's kind of when I first kind of started. I wasn't good. Like I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie. One of the songs we did, I did not like how I mixed it. Looking back now, I was like I would never mix the same way. I think I simplified. I think he'll probably speak to that too. Like I just simplified my process a lot. Yeah, and um, focused it on getting help with the masters. Yeah, uh, get my tracks mastered. Like this next album is the first album thing that I can remember that I got the whole together album mastered okay. like, as one and it sounds like fucking amazing like yeah. well, well talk about this new project because you mentioned it to me earlier you know what I mean and I wanted to ask you a little bit more about yeah, it but so I, I wanted to save it for the podcast genesis of this project was it had to be like two or three months ago I was like damn I need to I need to like maybe I should move away from music like maybe not quit but like what he kind of did like kind of like I could put my like footprint like somewhere else on music because uh-huh. I kind of know about all this other stuff. Yeah, and so I was still kind of recording, and I was sending people like unreleased tracks, and they was like, "Yo, this is fire! Yo, this is oh that one! Yo, that's is fire!" Like over a couple weeks, and I was stripping my Instagram. I took all my music off my Instagram. Oh shit! And I wasn't I wasn't about to quit. I was just about to just kind of like focus on other stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just getting like positive feedback and then somebody dm me from the netherlands and he was like yo i love album mode i'm like oh word <laughs> dope like how'd you hear about me he said uh the filet of flows playlist which is a playlist i was on a couple times and i didn't think it was that like important or i didn't even know if it was a real playlist at right. the end of the day because it was a like a spotify playlist yeah oh, okay yeah, all right yeah. all right and uh, where they select your songs, but they don't like just select anything. Like it took me a while to get on it. Okay. And after that, after I seen that, it, shit, it was like some trippy shit. I was like, "Yo, he's in Norway or the Netherlands." I'm like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And then I started making tracks to work out to, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of like an R&B spring album because oh, I dug back to so much of my old music and the new music, and uh-huh. it's like it sounds like I made it all in like the same month. Wow. Yeah. So me and Jim were actually talking about this last night when we was on the phone, and we were talking about how some people try to like throw shade on your process because they don't see like what you see. They don't see the value in you doing music or me doing exactly. podcasts. You know what yeah. I mean? Some people don't see it, so they just throw you mad shade, mad shade. And sometimes it gets to an artist, and they're just like, "Oh shit!" Like so many people are telling me this, that, and the third. Shit, maybe I should quit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just kind of funny because you were at that breaking point. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then after that, somebody hit you up out the blue saying, yeah. yo, your shit is hot. You know Pick I mean? me up, man. Like, it was crazy. But I feel like um, it wasn't, I don't even like to say quit, but I always like to look at where I am uh-huh. because one of the things I pride myself on is judging my music more than I judge anybody else's music. Like, I, I play my shit in the car and, like, if if 
I'll play. All right, so for example, I don't have speakers in my house, or I can't play my speakers because there's some plug that's fucked up. So I'll listen to the track, and then I'll go in my car and listen to it. And if I, I really don't, I'll be like cursing at myself, like, nigga, you are trash. Why did you write this lyric down? You fucking trash. Yo, just stop. If you're gonna rap like this, just quit. Like that's the voice in my head. So nobody else could tell me like any other shit. Like, so that's what I pride myself on, and I thought. I don't know. Whatever it was, you know how it is as an artist. You wake up one day, yeah. you're the best in the world, and the next day you're like, ah, maybe I should yeah. settle down and have fit. Nah, like <laughs> it's just so day to day. But yeah, outside of just like random shit happening, like people hitting you up out the blue or whatever, what is it that actually keeps you motivated to keep on going like that? That's so funny you said that because I made a TikTok today um, on that this morning. It's it's weird, but I low key be thinking about my funeral, like. Oh shit! I be thinking about yo. What are people gonna say at my funeral? Like, okay. what are they gonna say? Like, you ever been? Uh, it's kind of dark, but you ever been to a funeral, or like you may even know the person wasn't shit, or you may have like not known the person, but you're at the funeral, right? And they try to say something about the person, and they just dragging it. You like, yeah. man, this person was. I don't know if this person was that great. <laughs> this nigga was an asshole. Yeah, like they be saying different shit, and you see all that the half families and shit, and I don't know. I just be like, yo, what motherfuckers gonna say? Because I can't live forever. Right, right. But right. like, yo, what motherfuckers gonna say the day I die? And that's what keeps me going for real, for real. Hey, that's a that's a good reason. That's better than any reason, honestly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And again, everybody has to have a purpose. Again, again, this is a conversation me and Jim was having last night. You know what I mean? Niggas have to have a purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be passionate about something. You got to want to do something in the world to like place your little stamp no matter how big or small the stamp yeah. is you know what I'm saying at least you left your footprint down somewhere and For these real. niggas can know like oh this nigga did that you know what I'm saying yeah. so yeah so that's definitely definitely commendable man that's what's up man and honestly I, I pray you keep going cause like I was telling you your intro bro I was not capping at all bro yeah. you are definitely nah. like one of the most like talented motherfuckers out there bro remember that day when we did that song in uh do did album mode I don't know if you remember when we were at Brady's. The, the day I we think, did album? Mode? I think it might have been a day where you... It was like three of us, we all had separate tracks. Okay, okay. okay. It was weird because usually we all come up and do our do our stuff together. Yeah, yeah. But we booked time and we all had separate tracks. I think it might have been your session. Okay. And then we came in and then uh, did our stuff. And then we, we had like two hours of this session. But the vibes in the studio was crazy because yeah. everyone was recording different shit. Yeah. I think you were recording for Dave's song. And like you said, Brady's like, all right, get in. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. And I wasn't feeling it because you know how you look outside to you see everybody sitting in the studio. Yeah, yeah. And I think everyone was trying to be quiet. And I was like, damn, was that good? Like, I did it <laughs> and like really quick. I came back in. And I was like, yo, this is tough. I was yeah. like, all right, wait, wait, wait. Where are you at now in your process? You know what I mean? As far as like an artist. Um, right now I'm working on booking shows. Okay. Uh, booking shows and just being sharp. Um, a couple of years ago, I was really, really into the promotion part of it. Yeah, yeah. And now I have a way better product, I feel, than what I used to have. Mm. And so just hitting up venues to perform. Um, I'm trying to get out in Albany. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to perform back in Boston at the Middle East. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm looking. I have some a new connection in Ohio uh, where I happen a friend of a friend uh, played my music for someone who knows somebody who knows somebody that like owns a label out there in a festival. Yeah. And so maybe this week something could happen because they're sending my music in there as oh, well. Sure. So right now I'm trying to get back to performing live. 
and probably shooting some videos too. I'm gonna start doing that on my own too. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, you you definitely have some fire videos. I think the last video I saw you was the the POTUS one when you was like a oh like take gang- notice. Yeah. 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 Like a, a gangster Barack Obama. Yo, shout out to Gilo on that because we pull up to the bar. And I think what happened was it rained. We shot, we tried to shoot like two or three videos, two or three verse videos like that, like a minute, 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it rained for the other two. And those songs weren't as good anyway. So I'm glad that happened. So we went into the bar and we're like, all right, let's just record something here. Yeah. And this dude, G Lo, just took it all the way to the moon. Like, I didn't plan out Obama shit, none of that shit. Oh, really? Yeah. I G-Lo, thought y'all planned that whole shit. Hell no. G Lo oh, was shit. like, G Lo was, man, G Lo. We're talking about him another day. That dude's a hard worker. No, I see him. I see him. I seen him on a. Actually, I seen him on another podcast, uh, Bully and the Beast. I think yeah, he's called. shooting yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he's been definitely working. You should get him on here. Yeah, I would he's, love he's to. A dude, you won't even know he works with the people he works with. And he's just mad humble, funny ass dude. So yeah, no, nah, I definitely like to have him on here and shit like that for sure. And um, yeah, man, that would be dope. But yo, Jimmy, I'm working on being sure windy. I don't want to jump in a little too much, you know. Yeah, what I, mean? I felt I felt like that too when he was talking. I didn't really want to like <laughs> interrupt or whatever. Yeah, 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 even that I was trying to keep shorter, but you know, there's definitely a few more points we can cover. Where are you at now with with your whole process? I had to figure out how to wrap the bow around everything, so I decided to start a music publishing company. And what I do is help independent artists collecting over 250 countries their generated streaming income and I registered their songs all on a short term contract word word wow alright word so go into that a little bit more so like what is a publishing company actually do because that's because even me i yeah, I, I, re- I really this. i really don't even know what a publishing company is it's crazy too so like peep this before you explain that to me and now in this day and age people are so our artists are just so independent i shouldn't even say artists business owners entrepreneurs anybody just trying to do anything are just so independent and the idea of just having a boss or working your nine to five is just so becoming very obsolete in my opinion like a lot of a lot more niggas are just more apt to be like, nigga, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> fuck you being a boss. You know what I mean? Fuck you trying to be my boss. Like, I'm not working your shitty nine to five desk job. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. So in saying that is like, there's so many things that pop up, you know, independent artists getting their publishing or, you know, uh, earning their masters or, or owning their masters, I should say. You know what I mean? Like, what what is what does all that mean? Owning your masters, getting your publishing. What does all that shit mean? A lot of people think owning your masters covers the board, but it really doesn't. It's really like you're talking about one side of the coin. The game's meant to be sold, not told, but a lot of things should be general knowledge. One being that every song has two sides to it: the written and composed sides, mm-hmm. which includes the beat. And then the actual recording that gets uploaded onto Spotify. So a lot of people beat their chest because they're collecting off of uploading their music to a digital distributor like TuneCore, DistroKid, things like that. And they're happy with the money they're seeing, not realizing that they're only collecting on one side of the coin and shit. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, what I do is, like I said, provide the service based on a short-term contract, and I collect on both sides of the coin, 
and I also help artists get their music placed into TV and film. Oh shit! So, so you help with, come across. So you help with the placement too, like getting in. Yeah, I help, I help with placement. Oh shit! No that's doubt. Dope. No, that's dope. So, so from what I'm hearing, it's more important to have your publishing than it is to really like own your master, because owning your publishing is one and the same as like owning your masters, essentially. Exactly. Okay. It's actually equally important. All right. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. I definitely never knew that. So, I mean, you look on Instagram or you look on social media and you just you just hear somebody saying, oh, like, you know, so-and-so got their master's. They're, yeah, it's like it You never know what that really means. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Did the label it, stop it, holding yeah. this side of the coin or did it stop holding that side of the Damn, he just opened that up to me. I understand it now. I understand things, it. You know? Because you got to think, because you know what I mean? When you see it on social media or somebody plasters, oh, I got my, my master's back or whatever, they make it seem like the shackles have been taken off their feet and like they're like free or some shit like that. It's one shackle. It's just one shackle, nigga. Barely got the handcuffs off, nigga. <laughs> you never know what it, what it means, man. Yeah. It can mean a couple things. It can mean like they switch labels, started their own, or, you know, they switch publishing terms. Mm. Or they switch publishers. There's a uh, a lot of variables to that blanket term and people's display of gratification. You know. Right. Well, let me ask you this: since we're on the topic, how do y'all feel about Snoop owning owning Death Row Records? I think it's beautiful. That's dope. Yeah, man. Yeah, that shit. That shit was nuts. And th- the other part about it is too is like. I mean, I know Suge Knight ain't coming out of jail anytime soon, but like, <laughs> when he does come out of jail, I want to know the process that he went through. This nigga Suge Knight is just running out of money in jail, and he needs yeah, that commissary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet it's a good ass story behind this shit. Like, yeah, but no, I, I definitely thought that was an ill move too. And and again, like like you was just saying, I kind of wonder what that process was like to even obtain something like that. Because, I mean, Snoop was uh, a valuable player on that team, but mostly it was it was Suge Dre. Tupac, and that was really it. It was kind of them three, right? They were like the three, like... Yeah, there was other people on there. I mean, to my knowledge, Nate Dogg was... Oh, yeah, Nate Dogg was on there. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Nate Dogg. And Vanilla Ice for some point of his career. Vanilla Ice was on there? Yeah, he used to be Yeah, there's a story about Suge Knight holding him upside down over, like, a balcony or something. Getting a contract. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I think it's a full circle moment, man. He deserve it. If I'm not mistaken, somebody else had it and he acquired it. Okay. Oh, so oh, Shug didn't okay. even that own it. Sense. That makes sense. I, at the time, I don't believe so. Okay. I could be wrong. Right, right. But right. you know, it definitely went through a couple of hands since then let Shug. Wow. Shit. Wow, that's crazy. And it's crazy to see how that like how like that um transition happened so like you know what i mean even like even for dre you know what i mean when he left defro records you know what i mean and then created his label and then got m under there and then got 50 and then that shit grew into a whole fucking conglomerate within itself it's just it's just crazy how to see how that whole thing happens that domino effect happens it's just really like something amazing to see you never know what happens if you don't take certain risks, you know? Yeah, real shit. You gotta, you gotta roll the dice. You gotta roll the dice. Yeah. Certain risks open doors, others close them. Facts. Yeah, real <laughs> shit. Facts. Real shit. But at the end of the day, you gotta take the risk. You don't find out till you... 
That's facts. Well, let me ask you this too, since we st- again still on the topic about these gentlemen. How do y'all feel about the whole? And this this is kind of like a, a couple of weeks ago now, but how do y'all feel about the whole Eminem taking a knee thing? Do you even think he even took a knee to even do all that bullshit, or do you think it was just Eminem just doing Eminem shit? Do you think he? I mean, do you think he was doing it for like to represent the whole flag thing and? Do you think that's what he was doing, or do you think he just took a knee because he was just doing it for entertainment purposes? One thing about M is his character. For me, it's like, I feel like when he embraces a culture, even when he was wearing a do-rag back then, there's never no malicious intent behind it. It wasn't really a do-rag, though. Come on, let's be real. (laughs) I actually watched something on YouTube like a few nights ago. I think he when he got his award at some award show from Christina Aguilera presenting while they're still beefing, he had an actual do-rag on him. I want to kind of debate this a little bit, because anytime I've seen that nigga wear some type of, like... It's been a bandana. All right, it's a bandana, and it doesn't look like nah, a, it's do-rag. a do-rag. It's a do-rag. It's not right a here. do-rag. I got it right here. It's a do-rag. <laughs> <laughs> you got it inside out like a nigga, no. too. <laughs> and, you know, he, one thing I respect, he never used that verbally as part of his art. Right. You know, like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have not one line about a do-rag. And right. if he does, it's yeah. probably one because nobody can think of it at the drop of a dime. He's not perpetrating or yeah. nothing like that. No, he's not perpetrating at all. So to go back to your question about what the, he was genuine and taking the knee, I mean, he knows where he was, you know? Mm-hmm. So if he did it, I think he did it genuinely because he knows there was going to be some type of backlash that came from either side, if not both sides. But, you know, M.A. has never been afraid to show how much he embraced the culture and his loyalty stands very tall, you know? Like, mm, facts. I, like, he's, like, one of those people where it's hard to even have that conversation about him because, like, he knows what time it is and he don't cross any boundaries. Like, all those skits he ever did, never been imitating no black people, mm. you know? Like, there's never been no black character in any of his skits super stereotype. So... You got my respect for that one. As far as, like, did he do it with the right intentions in his heart? That's a question for him, you know? It could have been a marketing thing for him if he felt like he needed that. But I'm pretty sure we all know he don't really need anything trending to pay his bills at this time. No, not at all. good, you know? Not at all. So, at the end of the day, I feel no way about him doing it, how genuine it was. It comes down to, you know, asking him. But, I mean, look at him, man. Look at D12. Look at He's never trying to bring no other white artist on because he probably didn't want that stigma sitting Mm -hmm. on him. And he's being told to me. Yeah, I I can feel that. I can feel that. The only only thing, well, I I shouldn't say I, I, this is my opinion on it, but I've heard when I was reading, like, the article on it after the Super Bowl and everything like that, the few few things I saw pop up was just, was it really the same? Because Colin Kaepernick did it during the national anthem. This man just did it during his performance. Was it the same? It was. Was it a statement? Yes. Was it as strong of a statement? I don't believe so. Yeah, if it was any other white dude, I would have been like, um, 
oh, so you're going to wait till now to do this shit? Right. But Eminem has literally never crossed the line or tried to be someone he wasn't, even after the fame. He could have took off on black people after he got famous. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, for real, for real. He, he also has, like, a hatred to bullshit at the top. He mm-hmm. was always going after, like, the president or somebody at the top. So I feel like they low-key said some warning shit, like, y'all niggas better not do nothing crazy. <laughs> and Eminem was like, oh, yeah, word, I'm going to do it. I know y'all won't care if I do it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. it brings me back, though, because if, like, yo, if if a white player took a knee like Colin Kaepernick and said, yo, I just want to, you know, raise awareness to what's going on, right. none of that shit would have happened. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. None of that shit would have happened. 100%. Like, I agree 100%. It's crazy to think about, but yeah. I mean, that's the world we live in, unfortunately, but you know, yeah, that's a, that's 100 that's 100%. That's 100%. But hey, maybe maybe time will change. Who knows? You know, like you said, who knows? Yeah, yeah. We got Well, it's kind of funny now cuz you know, if you think about it now, as far as like the United States is concerned, you know, white people are becoming the minority, if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's becoming such a melting pot of just so many different diversities and other nationalities and other ethnicities. You know yeah. what I mean? The the common white man is becoming almost, like, obsolete almost. You know what I'm saying? And not to say that they need to go extinct by any means, but I'm just saying, like, you might want to be more cautious of... or. You know what I mean? More aware of like what you say to certain people or carry yourself differently in a certain light. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But who knows? I mean, again, you can't change people, man. You can only tell them, you know, only so much. You know what I mean? You can, right. you can lead a horse to water. You can't make a drink. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Preaching on Sunday, huh? You know what I'm saying? I'm here for Pass it, man. The you know what I'm saying? Niggas, niggas are sleeping on me, man. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing motherfuckers told me. Uh, after I put out like the first episode, I got a lot of feedback from a lot of different people. And uh, <laughs> the one thing that came up every single time, there was like, yo, Stunna, the intro was fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, you said some fire shit. Like, you, you explained yourself well, whatever, whatever. But nigga, you got to lay off the sound effects. <laughs> I had to tell niggas, I'm a button nah, pusher, that's man. Lit. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. That's what make the whole thing live. That's what I'm saying. I'm a button push. Without him, it's just a phone call. We just on Zoom, man. It's just niggas talking in the room. If I don't push the button and, and you know what I mean, set the tone in this motherfucker, y'all just going to keep listening like, oh, this nigga's boring. Like, nah, Nah, nigga, I'm here to wake y'all niggas. (laughs) Real shit, man. Real shit, man. But nah. But yeah, I'm going to keep pushing some motherfucking buttons, man, because that's what the fuck I do, man. (laughs) <laughs> I got a few other topics on here that I kind of want to kind of touch base on a little bit and see what your 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 thoughts were on it. You know what I mean? Um, one of the topics I had on here that kind of again kind of stick to the the racial thing, I guess you want to say, is is the whole Joe Rogan thing. I was watching a little bit on the Joe Rogan thing and him like, and I didn't actually see the video of him doing all this shit, but when I read it on Complex, I was like, oh shit, Joe Rogan's out here doing like that, just you know. Oh yeah, just fucking doing whatever the fuck he wants on Spotify. Just saying, you know what I mean, with no regards to to anything. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to know what y'all thought on. Did y'all hear anything about it? Did y'all read about it? Like, what y'all think about it? I don't have anything too tasteful to say about it. Mm. At the end of the day, it is what it is. It was what it was at this point. 
one thing that uh, I forget the artist's name. She said something along the terms of wanting to take her music off Spotify because artists don't earn too much per stream. Especially on Spotify, it's not one of the higher paying platforms. If I know a bulk of this share my music is generating is going towards paying this guy, I'd rather not have my music on this platform. Mm. Which, you know, I found interesting, but... It seems like she retracted her stance on how she felt about his statement, but that's a conversation within itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I heard the comments, and um, it brought me back to you know the town I come from. Uh, ra- racism isn't just like black and white, but at the at the same time, I I can't like when I see when I see stuff like this, I'll be like, yo, I don't want to be in a room with with someone like that. At the same time, I like his show. I think what he does is dope. Um, how he interacts with his guests and stuff like that. Uh, but me personally, um, honestly, it reminded me of coming up here. Because um, before I met all of Dave's friends, I'm always like cautious and going to like a bunch of a bunch of white people like in general. Mm-hmm. Before I met Dave's friends, I was like, oh god. Anytime I'm in a place with a party with white people, I'm like. Man, if someone say the N-word, I got to knock this motherfucker out. Like, for real. Like, I'm, I'm on edge like that. And I came up here, and everybody was mad cool. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yo. Like, everybody was mad cool. Uh, I messed with all, like, the white. Then I met you. I was worried about meeting you, too. Because it be, sometimes it'd be that white black friend. I'd be like, I don't know if I'm going to fuck with him or not. Like, da 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 <laughs> But uh, hearing things like, like what Joe Rogan says, do I think he's racist? No. Yeah. I don't think he's racist. But, um... It's just something uncomfortable that makes me feel. Because I know you from Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, that's what I meant. Y'all both know how it is to be in a in an area where you got to look around and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's, to me, it's not always the N-word. It's like the stuff that he was kind of saying, you mm-hmm. know, how like all of them in a the room just laughing like that. I yeah. don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. Well, then how do you feel? You have fans Damn. and they repeating the lyrics to your song. How do you? approach that i mean granted they're just they're bouncing around to your music and they're just repeating your lyrics but do you give them that same type of energy that's crazy bro do i, I didn't even... have to bring out the strap <laughs> punch everybody in. <laughs> nah like i didn't even think about that now that i look back on my music um i don't use that i'm trying to think i try not to use the n-word in a way or even put it in my songs right where is it's kind of glorified, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like, because mm-hmm. I feel like how black people say the n word, we just kind of use it in like a cool like way, but yeah, we don't. It's a term of endearment. Yeah, at the end. but I've never been at a show where like you know once you get to a certain point where everybody sing your lyrics word for word. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, I think it has to do with the energy you put around your music and the respect you have for your music. They're mm-hmm. gonna throw that right back at you. Right. I right. feel like, but that's a good question. I don't know what I would do. I've definitely been to concerts where, like, you know what I mean? Like, I've been to, like, Wiz concerts or Future concerts, and you over here chilling on the, on the lawn, or you just in front row, and you got Sarah just fucking going crazy to Dirty Sprite. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Saying, Dirty Sprite in the stuff room, da, 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 nigga this, nigga that. And it's just yeah. like, all right, listen here, Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> you got to chill out. <laughs> there got to be some etiquette, too. I understand artists are equally guilty, but... They gotta be boundaries when you may be in an environment where you're disrespecting people. That goes with anything. That goes with actually using a word as a black person too. 
Right. <laughs> nah, I feel you. Nah, I feel you. Because if you say it around the wrong people, they gonna be like, "Oh, he said he's friendly. You said it around me. Maybe I could. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Right. He can get away with it. <laughs> right. I'll just say in. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you're right. You're right. I was definitely like that. So use as a term endearment amongst us. That's the way I see it. At the least, that comes with a certain grain of salt too. Yeah. I know plenty of Asians who use it. I know plenty of Spanish people that use yeah. it. So yeah. it is what it is, man. It's, it's funny. I was watching that new Bel Air series, and yeah, you know, that's I, one of the points. Uh, I was just about to bring the, that up. The yeah. basketball kids reciting one of yeah. Bobby Smurdy's song. It's very well put together yeah, as far as conceptually. Yeah. Okay. The reason I say I feel like it was done tastefully because he was singing hot nigga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everybody knows that M bomb is every other bar. <laughs> right. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I was about to, that that's another part I was about to bring up too because I saw a little bit of it. And uh, and that's another that's another show. We probably we should get to that get, later. Yeah, we, we should get to that one later too. Cause because honestly I'm not I don't know how much of a big fan I am of that new like fresh print shit. You know what I mean? I think I like the the older shit better, but Again, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get table that, that you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But I saw the clip of that episode, and I was like, man. I mean, I remember it being like hitting home a lot harder, you know what I'm saying? And in this one, it was just like, it's kind of staged a little bit. The message was still the same. I felt that stress. I felt, because I honestly, Me too. he was right. When you hear songs <laughs> like that, and you not in your settings with your niggas, like... You be like, oh shit! All right, he did three ver- the three bars already. It's almost a hook. All right, it's a white dude right here. These dudes is two turn. I know when the hook drops. All right, what what's gonna happen? Yeah, like yeah. it's a feeling you get. And when I saw the video, that shit gave me that feeling like I was there in the locker room. Well, hey man, we we about like an hour and some change in man, and this has been a very uh, organic very informative uh conversation i'm glad both of y'all brothers came up here and just you know came and talked your shit with me for for an hour or so and it uh, this probably again i know this is only episode two but this this is definitely one of my favorite episodes thus far this is fun (laughs) i definitely enjoyed this and this is what i love about podcasts you know what i mean just sitting here just learning shit talking the shit and just doing that whole nine so i appreciate both of y'all brothers uh coming up on here and just spending some time with me man thank you man Problem. Nah, I appreciate it too, man. Thanks for letting me be on your platform. Appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, the conversation was definitely well worth the time. Yes, sir. The show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Now it's time to take y'all out. And before we leave here, I just want to shout out a couple sponsors, man. You know what I'm saying? Just want to shout out Poppin' Presents, man. Because guess what? If you ain't popping presents, you ain't popping shit. for an anniversary you need it for a birthday you need it for halloween you need it for fucking saint patrick day whatever man go on instagram at p-o-p underscore n underscore presence with a z nigga don't play yourself stupid jesus man and another one of our sponsors, Easy Does It Cost Services. If you're in the greater Boston area, your car's looking scrubby, you need your shit vacuumed, you need your shit waxed, you need your shit clean, man. Go on Instagram at E-Z-D-U-Z-I-T Services, man. Holla at my man, Easy Does It, man. He'll fix you right up. Don't play yourself, man. Shout out to that man. Shout out Mr. Easy Does It, man. He gets your shit looking right.
Yes, sir. Yeah, once again, fellas, man, appreciate y'all hopping on here, man. And y'all definitely gonna have to come back up on here again, man. Either both so, of y'all or one of y'all, either one. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Y'all, y'all gonna come back on here. We're gonna talk this shit again. Word, now we gonna tap in. We're gonna tap in one way or the other. I'm gonna tap in with you, the young prophet. Let's go. Take notice. Moving presidential like the POTUS. Working so hard, I should clock in. Who running around here? It is not them. They plotting the scheme and the stop him. But he clicked up and Christ can't knock him. He be hustling and bringing them knots in. He showed these eight grades on the top him. Got the ball in the paint, can't lock him. We've been grinding and patient for too long. And my slides in the stool, got no shoes on. Took your tie glasses on, I'ma prove you wrong. Me and my crew too strong. My profit be spent, don't got no jewels on. Your body, your tempo, I spaz over lit instrumental. Spit from my mental. I'm handing out game, but they get you a pencil. Get you a pencil, yeah. Take notice. Moving presidential like the POTUS. The chose at the top, who gon' hold it? I said it, I meant it, I wrote it. Whole crew handing out L's. And you can hold it. Yeah. Whole crew handing out L's.